Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Have you ever wondered what a mere 30 days without alcohol could actually do to your body? You might believe that it's a short break, but the transformation is nothing short of miraculous. Today in this video, we're diving deep into the astounding changes that occur in just one alcohol-free month. From your brain's clarity to your heart rhythm, the benefits are far-reaching. By the end of this video, you'll see why so many people who try to stop for 30 days think twice before picking up the next drink. I hope you're ready to witness the power of a month-long detox. Now, just before we get into the video, if you actually want my personal help stopping drinking in the Sober Clear program, where we help you reframe how you view alcohol using something called first principles thinking, and then really focus on building a great future without it. So there's no AA meetings, no therapy, no going to the past, nothing like that. Go ahead and click the link in the description and book a call. We can jump on a quick call together and see if the program could be a good match, or you could also just go to soberclear.com to read a bit more about the program. But now let's get into it. So our body breaks down and expels alcohol at a constant rate. In other words, it doesn't matter if your last drinking session consisted of one drink only, or if you got absolutely hammered. Your liver will work at its own fixed pace, which in practice means eliminating about 14 grams of alcohol an hour, or about one drink per hour. And there is nothing that you can do to speed this process up. Contrary to popular myth, hydrating well or drinking lots of coffee will not actually help. Instead, you will just have to wait patiently while the poison actually leaves your body. The good news is that no matter how much you've had to drink, after about 10 to 12 hours, all the alcohol will most probably have been metabolized. Now, unfortunately, getting rid of the alcohol leads you with one last hurdle to climb. Part two, recovering from the last hangover. So for all the massive research on alcohol and alcohol abuse disorders, scientists have allocated remarkably little effort in studying the hangover. To this day, there is no consensus on what causes it, and there is no explanation for its most puzzling characteristic, namely that it pops its ugly head after alcohol levels have declined. It actually peaks in intensity just when the alcohol levels at zero. A bit of farewell so to speak. One theory is that the hangover is simply the first phase of acute alcohol withdrawal. Another is that it's caused by acetaldehyde, the main metabolite of ethanol. Support for this latter theory comes from how similar some hangover symptoms are to those that you get from experimentally inducing high acetaldehyde levels. Whatever causes it, even the most severe hangovers will have resolved 24 hours after the last drink. And at this point, the worst is behind you, which leads us into part three, fatty liver reversal. So if you've been drinking heavily, chances are that you will have developed fatty liver. This is a condition where fat accumulates in your liver cells, causing it to literally enlarge in size, just like any other part of the body that gets fat. Though it often has no symptoms, fatty liver in and of itself is a marker of poor lifestyle and impaired health. And if you don't treat it, it can progress to more serious forms of liver disease. Now, among heavy drinkers, fatty liver is near universal. Now, the good news is that if it hasn't progressed to more serious forms of disease, fatty liver will resolve very fast. Insanely fast, given the unimaginable abuse that you might have been piling on it for the years. After only two to three weeks, the fatty liver will have reversed. This structural improvement is accompanied by a dramatic improvement in markers of liver function. So by the end of the month, you can expect your blood ALST and AST levels to also fall significantly. These are liver enzymes that are elevated in heavy drinkers because they literally leak out of the damaged liver cells into the bloodstream. One month of abstinence and their levels will have dropped 
up substantially. Which leads us into part four, which is dramatic blood pressure improvement. So one of the most common adverse effects of heavy drinking is chronically elevated blood pressure. This in turn is linked to an increased risk of death from all sorts of conditions. These include heart diseases, stroke, blood clots, you name it. Now, unfortunately, close to half the people who have high blood pressure just don't even know it. If you are a heavy drinker and haven't tested your blood pressure in a while, chances are is that you'll be in for a nasty surprise when you see the result. However, the good news is that blood pressure will normalize remarkably fast after you stop. In one study with a group of heavy drinkers in London, one month of abstinence was enough to reduce the systolic blood pressure from an average of 136 to 125, and diastolic pressure fell from 89 to 82. This is the same kind of drop that you'd get from anti-hyperintensive medications. Think about it for a minute. You get the same effects if you were taking meds, without the meds, without the side effects, without seeing the doctor, without paying a penny. Pretty good deal. And unlike the meds, which you have to take for the rest of your life, the drop in pressure is permanent. How cool is that? Part five, we've got blood markers improving. Now, the London study that we just mentioned found that one month of abstinence led to significant improvements in all sorts of blood markers. Triglycerides and total cholesterol were significantly lowered, as was insulin resistance, which is typically a hallmark of an unhealthy lifestyle. Part six, we've got cancer-related growth factors. So a startling finding of the London study was that only one month of abstinence was enough to lower the risk of cancer. Now, this was established through the rapid decrease in blood levels of two growth factor proteins called vascular endothelial growth factor, VEGF, and epidermal growth factor, EGF. Our body naturally produces these growth factors, and they are essential to its normal functioning. They regulate the growth, differentiation, and survival of our cells. At the same time, overexpression of these growth factors is linked to the appearance and development of all sorts of solid tumors. The tumors then use these growth factor proteins to develop uncontrollably and grow in size throughout the body. Many novel cancer treatments now being researched target these growth factors specifically. Remarkably, only one month of abstinence was enough to dramatically lower both of these growth factors. VEGF levels dropped by 40% and EGF by a whopping 79%. This is pretty encouraging when you consider that alcohol is a known carcinogen. It's proven to directly increase the risk of developing all sorts of solid tumors, including the mouth, the throat, the liver, the breast, the esophagus, and the colon. At part seven, your bone density starts restoring. So heavy drinkers tend to suffer from reduced bone density, so-called osteopenia. This leads to a weakening of the bones, and in, this leads to a weakening of the bones and an increased risk of fractures. Scientists aren't exactly sure why this is so. It might be related to nutritional deficiencies and poor absorption of vitamin D or to alcohol's effects on the hormonal system, or even on alcohol directly attacking the bones. What we do know for sure is that markers of bone density show a dramatic improvement just a few short weeks after your final drink. Now, one study measured the levels of the protein osteocalcin in heavy drinkers who had just stopped drinking. Osteocalcin is a convenient marker of bone formation and overall bone health. Now, three weeks of abstinence were enough to bring about a dramatic increase in the average osteocalcin levels. The increase was so high that the average Average osteocalcin levels of the former drinkers were no longer significantly different from those of a control group of non-heavy drinkers. And number eight, we've got brain changes. So if you are a regular viewer of this channel, you probably know very well by now that alcohol and your brain, they don't get on particularly well. Heavy drinking is related to all sorts of brain changes at multiple levels. Some are at the level of neuronal connections. Certain neuronal pathways become artificially strengthened whilst others weaken. At the same time, because alcohol is a neurotoxin, 
The brain as a whole suffers, and this can easily be measured from a noticeable decrease in brain mass. Your neurons literally die off and your brain shrinks. This leads to all sorts of deficits in cognitive and neuropsychological function, including first and foremost, memory, as well as attention, problem solving, social cognition, and more. The bad news is that the neurons that have died are never coming back even after you stop drinking. Unlike most other tissue in the body, your brain can't make new ones to replace them. Remarkably, however, even though you will always be working with a slightly lower number of brain cells, your brain will find its workarounds. Nobody knows exactly how this happens, but most likely it takes the form of the remaining neurons forming new connections to compensate for the lost ones. Whatever the case, just a mere few weeks after your last drink, you can expect to start seeing improvements in cognitive functioning. And make no mistake about it, it will take months or even a few years for your cognitive functioning to make a complete recovery to your pre-drinking levels. But the good thing is, is that you will already get measurable improvement in some domains in under a month. One study out of Belgium found that two and a half weeks into sobriety, former drinkers had made a recovery in their working memory, with their performance matching that of a control group. At part 9, we've got weight loss. Though this is not as certain as some of the other changes that we've discussed, chances are, by the end of the first month of freedom, you'll also be relatively lighter. There's no mystery in this, when you consider that your average drink can have as many as 200 calories. Not only that, but for reasons that aren't clear, alcohol also stimulates the appetite. And listen, let's be honest here, when you're drunk, you're not really going to not craving green salad, are you? The London study that we mentioned earlier found that one month of abstinence was enough to lower participants' weight by around three and a half pounds. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.